0: My name is Jeremy DeVillier, I've been going to Church on the Rock North for about five years now, I've been a Christian for about five years now. Um, before I got God in my life and became a Christian, I was just a normal dude. Um, I didn't really have problems with drugs or alcohol or anything like that. I did have an anger issue. I found myself to be quite angry about a lot of things, a lot of times, for no reason. I um, never really could understand that. It's probably the biggest struggle I've had. I didn't really want to go to church. I didn't really think I needed to. And then, like most people, I uh, actually was led to God by my wife. She ultimately put God in her life and started going to church and started reading the Bible and just really immersed herself in it. I saw the changes it made in her and just the, the way she was with God in her life as opposed to without Him and piqued my interest a little bit. So I started going on weekends and Wednesdays with her just to check it out. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I I wasn't really about it, you know, I was totally happy being the last guy in and the first one out to come to church and just hear the word and burn out the door. And uh, it wasn't long after I started going here that I got the opportunity to work in the sound booth. didn't really want to do it, Uh, it just didn't seem like something that I would enjoy, but I didn't want to say no because I felt like if I said no, I'd be saying no to God, so I went ahead and accepted the spot and, you know, the sound guy for, you know, one Saturday, two, or one Sunday or two Sundays every month, and I was okay with that. I guess God knew that I needed to be a little more involved than I was, and so you know, every other Sunday became every Sunday, and before you knew it, I was back there all the time, and then you know, got the opportunity to play the drums. And once again was reluctant to do it, but was convinced that I should give it a shot. And I never thought I would be the type of person to become to church on Sundays and be spiritual and let alone be involved and do the things I do here. It's uh, one of the best things in my life and Sundays are one of my favorite days of the week and I just really love being a part of this church and I love bringing my family here and... Raising my kids in church, I think it's important. I'm just happy to have a wonderful church and church family that I can be around and spend time with. It's just really awesome and I'm really glad that I get to be here.
1: Oh, let's give Jeremy a hand. God bless you, Jeremy. That blessed me. Amen. We're going to dismiss our kids today. Let me give you a little, before you go kiddos, normally our kids stay in on the first Sunday, but last Sunday they stayed in to hear Pastor Sonny. He just likes to hang out with the kids. And so this Sunday, it, our kids are going to be dismissed and, and Michael has a great uh, lesson prepared for them. So let's give our kids a big hand as they head off to Children's Church today. God bless the kiddos. Amen. Woo! Everybody say amen. You know, I'm, I'm, I am so glad to be here. Uh, when you go halfway around the world and you see how the rest of the world is, most of the world, you come back home and you go, whoo, glad to be home. Hallelujah. And I take people on, uh, on trips as much as I can just to kind of give them that kind of perspective. In fact, guys, let me throw this at you. Uh, July, I think it's 24th. If that's a Monday, we have an official Church on the Rock North uh, water well trip planned. Uh, and so I'd love to take as many guys with me as I can. Uh, and so just put that down. I know Shannon's already planning to go. Shannon told me he's ready to roll. And so, guys, I want to encourage you. It's Monday through Saturday, just a week off. If you've got some vacation time or time you can take off, uh, I'll help you uh, be able to raise the money for you to go. Uh, so you're not double dipping as far as not being at work and then also having to pay. We'll figure out a way to make that happen. I love to take people on the mission field to be able to get a perspective of how the rest of the world uh, lives. And so uh, if I said it once, I said it 10 times last week, we are in another part of the world right here. Uh, And so so anyway, God's doing great things in India, uh, and uh, we're just trusting that God will continue to bless our uh, ministry there, and and uh, bless the Titus family. You keep them in your prayers. Turning your Bible to Psalm chapter three, Psalm three. I want to talk to you about something that some of you uh, may go, mm, That don't sound like a good topic, but I promise you, by the time we get done, you're going to. Be, uh, I believe you're going to appreciate it. In fact, I believe God's going to speak to us all today. So, as you're turning, let's just pray together, and let's just ask God to just speak to us. Father, we thank you. For the reading of Your Word and for the ministry of Your Word, may it bring forth much fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I want to talk to you today about when things move from bad to worse. Say that with me. When things move from bad to worse. And let me just ask you this before I I read this passage today. How many of you have ever experienced things in life that were really bad? And then after you're in the middle of experiencing things that are really bad, you pray about it and you start crying out to God and and before it gets better, it even gets worse. Has anybody ever had anything in their life, even in the middle of prayer and seeking God, it just got worse? And that, you know what, I've learned something about life, that we live in a world where, which is flawed, and there are circumstances that come along our way that we experience. Some of them are unexplainable, but uh, even though they're unexplainable, I can explain to you today how to respond when things move from, all right, the Indians were better at this than you, Let's try it again. I can help you today in the middle of circumstance when things are moving from bad to worse. Bad to worse. Uh, in fact, y'all aren't worse over here. I pointed that way, but I, you're not worse. And y'all aren't bad, but uh, you get the illustration. And David was experiencing that, thing, that exact same thing. He said this. I'm going to read it. Then I'm going to tell you a little background on this psalm. Then we're going to jump into the meat of the message. David said, Lord, how they are increased who trouble me. In other words, things are moving from what? bad to worse. It's getting worse. Lord, how they are increased that trouble me, and many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Now, that's that's a serious thing, when, uh, especially when your friends are, you know, they smile and nod, praying for you, and they walk off and often go, whew, I don't think there's any help for him in God. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been that bad, but uh, he was having some bad, and things were getting worse, People were were throwing in the towel in his behalf. Many are they who say of me, there's no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, I like that part, are a shield for me. My glory in the one who lifts up my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves around against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. And everyone said, Amen. This morning, in just a few moments, I'm going to show you a few things about this passage that you and I can take with us and apply in our lives. When we're in circumstances and situations that that, that we look and say, this is gone, this was bad. It doesn't gone bad, but now it's just getting worse. I believe we can learn something today. Now, David, and when he wrote this, let me tell you what was going on in his life. He was the king. But what happened was, and you can read about this, I think it's 2 Samuel 15, 16, 17 in there somewhere. He had a, he had sons, and without going too deep into the story, one of the sons was, Lusting after, if you will, a, a, a daughter, and he ended up raping her. It was bad. Everybody said that's really bad. All right. And without going too deep in how it happened, Absalom, uh, who was another son, he—it was his sister, and he took great offense to it, of course. And oh, and he—he uh, he took his time, but in two years. Absalom conspired and had this other, uh, I forget his name, uh, um, had him killed. He murdered him because of what he did to Tamar, his sister. As a result of that and all this, how I many of you know, that's some messed up family business right there. You thought your family was messed up. David, the man after God's own heart, family, was all messed up, mixed up. And, 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 and just, you talk about a dysfunctional, dysfunctional bunch. Uh, and so after a while, David for, actually forgave Absalom for the sin of murder to his other son. And he brought, and, and over the course of time, he came back into David's good graces. But over, I think, oh, it was many years. It might have been 40 years. Absalom conspired behind the scenes with his father David, and the Bible says he stole the hearts of all the people. And as he stole the hearts of all the people, then he led a rebellion against David. And David didn't want to retaliate against his son. In fact, he was just kind of raising the white flag and leaving because he didn't want to, he didn't want to come against his son. He loved his son even though his son had come against him. And he fled with, with some of his mighty men. And in the process, Absalom, who by the way had some long, beautiful flowing hair, it says he cut it every year and the weight of it was a lot. He was just, he loved himself and he loved his hair. Sadly, it ensnared him. And in the process, Absalom got his long, lovely hair ensnared in a tree and was hanging by his hair. And, And then some of David's men came and slew him. And long story short... Uh, David grieved over the loss of his son. Now, things in David's life were moving from... And this is when he wrote this psalm. Lord, how they are increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Everyone say, Selah. Three times in this psalm, he says, Selah, after verse uh, 2, Selah, after verse 4, Selah, after verse 8, Selah. Selah means you just need to stop and think about that for a while. And so today and even the rest of the day and the rest of the week, I want you, as we, as I share today, I want you to think about what I'm sharing with you today because it will transform your life. Some of you, this is a what we'll call a, a special rhema word from God for you today because you're in the middle of circumstances that are undoubtedly moving from bad to worse. And some of you are in the middle of some circumstances that are bad and if something else goes wrong, it's just only going to get worse. And so we can learn some things. And, and when you look to scripture, uh, throughout scripture, all, how many of you know Job's life went from bad to worse? And you look at Paul's life. His life went from bad to worse. Peter, the history records that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified in the same way of his Lord. His life, John the Revelator, all their lives reflect that all of us at some point probably are going to go through some circumstance that is traumatic. And we look, this is terrible. This is bad. And then we look and realize it's just getting worse. And how we respond to react in those times are pivotal, pivotal and, and certainly important on whether or not we make it through this process. Now, when you think on the bigger picture, most people, all they think about is what I'm going through. Let me tell you what the world's going through. Let me tell you what this globe, I'm not talking about the geography. I'm talking about the people of the world and this world and the history of the world. This world is moving from... And it's moving at a breakneck speed. You know, we try to do our best to 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 make the world. Uh, you know, uh, let us teach the world today, La, make harmony. La di da. We all raise our lives, You know, I think it's a Coke commercial. I'm not sure. And we just and we walk off. And go. Huh, I hope things are getting better, but they're just moving. You need to understand. That this world we live in is moving from bad to worse. Even Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24 when the disciples were asking about the end of the age and the end of time. He began to tell them, he said this, let me tell you something. Uh, And he started outlining bad things that were going to happen in the end of days. And then he said this, he said, this is only the beginning. As we move closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, things around us are just going to get... And so on a global scale, we need to understand something that we've got to be prepared personally as a family, as a church, and as a nation uh, uh, to, to be able to stand in the face of the adversities of life and the issues and the circumstances of life that undoubtedly will come our way. In fact, Jesus said, let me give you a promise in the world, you will experience tribulation. And that means trouble and pressure. So what are we going to learn today? Well, we need to learn, hey, that we're in the middle of a circumstance in life and, and in a world that's just moving from bad to worse, and we've got to learn to respond rightly. And David learned some things in his life. I'm telling you, David was not perfect. Uh, he made some bad mistakes, but there's some things he learned about the pressures of life and the circumstances of life that you and I can take to the bank today. Are you ready? Somebody say, I'm ready, Pastor. So here we go, when things move from bad to worse in your life, in your family, there's some things you and I can do, but one thing we don't need to do, and that is we can't live in denial. You look at the world around you and somehow we're just in denial. Things, that oh, things ain't gonna get worse. Things not gonna get worse. You read the Bible and read, read read about the end times. Oh, that can't, not in my lifetime. Oh, it's gonna be great. Chevrolet and apple pie. Oh, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna get a raise, I'm gonna get a new house. All those things. And, and we sometimes are in denial about what's going on. Let me tell you something. David was not in denial about his circumstances. Now, some charismatics get in denial. They don't wanna admit, admit where they are they could be limping bleeding dying and and and, and going down in a, in a heartbeat and they're just smiling going, everything's okay everything's fine i ain't confessing it i'm not confessing that i'm bleeding to death David's not that way. Look what David said. The first thing he said, Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. And many are they that rise up against me. And many are they that say of my soul, there is no help for you in God. David was not in denial of what was going on around him. And listen, we've got to open our eyes and realize, some of you say, well, I don't want to confess it. Hey, you're not confessing it. You're experiencing it. I'll never forget. I've told you this before, but they're my, my stories. I can tell them as often as I want. There was a black gospel singer who came to our church years ago. Her name was Francine Morrison, and our pastor brother Howard Cananser was sick as a dog. But he didn't want to confess that he was sick as a dog. He was coughing and hacking, and and uh and he gets up and and, and he's going to introduce her. He's coughing and hacking. And he said and he said something like, "I'm I'm healthy and whole," and in, in or something like that. And, Francine Morrison got up and she said, I'm so glad to be here and Brother Howard for inviting me here. But I need to say something to Brother Howard before I sing today. She said, Brother Howard, you need to quit lying to the Lord and tell him you're sick so he can really heal you. I like that. And that's where David was. He was not in denial about his circumstances, but that didn't take him down in the ditch. Let me tell you what he did. He lifted some things in his life. Let me tell you something. When things are moving from bad to worse, there's some things we can begin to lift around us that will give us the capacity to move through these circumstances. The first thing I see is David, he did this in verse three. He said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. David learned how to lift up the protective hedge of God in his life. He knew something about about God, he knew who God was. He knew he was a child of God. He said, "Hey, things are moving from bad to worse, but worse. But let me tell you something: you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me." He began to to appropriate, if you will, the protective hedge of God in his life, in the middle of the circumstances of life. I think of Psalm twenty three. He did it there. He said, "Yea, though I walk." Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For why? You're with me. Your your rod and your staff they comfort me. And all those. He knew that that his Lord, his God, was a shield of protection around him. He said, "But you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me." It literally says it this way: "You are a shield around me." I'm telling you, God. How many of you parents? When you're like a mother hen, Mama. When when the kids, you taking care of the kids. I'm saying, watch out for the. Them kid, watch out them baby? Mike, hey, Beverly has only gotten worse about this as a grandparent. Our, our grandkids come over and, and large stays, they're all having fun. Beverly, goes, watch out there? Get out that way. She, she's a mother hen. She take care of them kids. Uh, and and by the way, it's necessary. We've got some bar stools that'll downright hurt a baby. And they, they'll get on that bar and they'll get in bar and they start kicking back. Lord help me Jesus. Beverly, you catch them. Uh, how many of you are like that? Hey, God! Loves you. He cares about you. David knew, hey, when things are moving from bad to worse, I've got the Lord in my eye. He's a shield of protection round about me. In fact, he said this in Psalm 5, verse 12. He said, with favor. I love this. Come on, somebody join me. With favor, David said, you will surround me as with a shield. Your favor will surround me. And he tapped into the favor and the protective hedge of God in his life. And when things were moving from bad to worse, the first thing he did... He said, Lord, you're a shield for me. I know who you are. You're my protector. You're the one that's gonna take care of me. God is a shield. I wanna backtrack all the way to Abraham. Man, Abraham's the father of our faith. And one of the first things, one of the many things, but one of the first real truths that God uh, uh, began to speak into Abraham's life in the middle of this journey of faith that he began, he said in Genesis 15, God spoke to him in verse one. And he said, Abraham, do not be afraid. Actually, his name was Abram at the time. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And 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 so Abraham learned that, and and David learned that. And we must learn that that God cares about you. He's going to take care of you. In the middle, when things are moving from bad to worse. Whoo! I think of who was it? The, mm, the prophet and his servant. They they were being uh surrounded by the enemy, and uh and the servant was so nervous, he's Elisha or Elijah, I can't remember. And and the hosts of the Lord came and surrounded them. And the servant said, oh, don't you know we're surrounded? And the Lord said, Elijah, Elijah, I can't remember which one. Somebody help me. Said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And he opened his eyes. And there were chariots of fire and angels all around. I'm telling you, that stuff is real today. So when things are moving from bad to worse, you got to lift that up. You got to lift that that understanding, that shield of the favor of God, the protective hedge of God in your life, and trust in that. Everybody say, lift up your shield. Number two, when things are moving from bad to worse, not only lift up your shield, but you got to learn to lift up your head. Everybody everybody, look up today. (laughs) Lift up your head. He said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Everybody lift your head up. Have you ever known anybody that had the tuck head? They walk around like they've been. Some of them come to church that way. How are you doing? Oh, not too good. What's the matter? Oh, it's bad. Well, you don't know what I'm going through, and and you say, I don't want to know either. (laughs) The old head's hung down. Kind of like Tom Dooley. Anybody know Tom Dooley? Some of you. How many young people never heard of Tom Dooley? Josh. YouTube him. There's an old song. I don't know who sang it, but it's about Tom Dooley. And here's how it went. This will really bless you. It went, hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head and cry, hang down your head, Tom Dooley, poor boy, you're bound to die. Did y'all get the warm fuzzies right there? Hallelujah. Some of you, you must be kin to Tom Dooley because you're hanging down your head. Things get bad, you hang down your head, they get worse and you hang down your head more. And David said, listen, Lord, they're increase that trouble me. Many are they that rising up against me, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. And the one who lifts up your head, I wanna tell you something today. I don't care what you're going through. It's not worth hanging your head down and denying that God has the capacity to get you through this, even if it's getting worse, glory to God. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, let me give you a bigger picture. Remember I told you about the end of the age and it's getting worse. You know what Jesus said when things are in this world around you are moving from bad to worse? You you can look it up in Luke 21. You can read it later. He, He talks about all the bad things that are going on in the end of the age. And he says, when you see these things moving from bad to worse, he said, let me tell you what you do. Somebody say, what did he tell us to do, Pastor? Let me, I'll tell you what he said to do. When things in this world are moving from bad to worse, what you need to do is lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Are you with me? You know what happens when you hang your head down? You miss God. You miss your moment with God. Let me tell you what people do from a pastoral perspective. And Beverly and I can tell you about this. Things go start going bad in their life. Pastor Sam, Beverly, and elders and others, They we start calling. They might even come, say, pray for me. And we pray for them and we're trusting the Lord with them and oh encouraging them. And they wake up next Sunday and it's just getting worse. And they might hobble in here, and it's just getting worse. They hobble in, sit on the back, and you know there's a Tom Dooley section back there, and all the Tom Dooleys hobble in and sit in the back, and they and they hang their heads down, and then then the next Sunday they miss because it's just getting so bad that their heads hanging down so bad that they just can't make it to church anymore, and things are going bad, and oh, it's just terrible, and and in the middle of their moment where if they just lift up their head and keep pressing through, they they miss God because they got their head hung down, depressed, troubled, fearful, angry. You ever met any of those people? They'll bless you. How you doing? Like the old dog got hit in the road. You ever met, you know, dog, he got hit, he's, he's on his way out. You go there try to help him get out of the road, try to help him. your mercy. Jumps on, oh, my God, I got to get him out of the road. What does he do? Ah! He doesn't know. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You got to lift up your shield. When things are moving from bad to worse, you got to lift up your head. And number three, you got to lift up your voice. Look what he said. He said in verse four, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. And then he says, seal all that for a minute. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. You know what? I learned some people, it's not really bad enough yet. <laughs> Things are bad and they just grumble. And you know what God's really wanting you to do to turn to him and lift up your voice? And, and some people, they let it get so bad before they ever, it lasts, oh, why don't we finally just cry out to the Lord? David said, when things were moving from bad to worse, he said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. He lifted up his voice. When's the last time in your prayer closet you just didn't sit there and say, now I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep it. If I should die before I wake up, I pray the oh, Lord my no soul to take. When's the last time it got so desperate in your life when you cried out, oh God. David said, when you do that, he hears you. In your moment of desperation, David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. Well, Pastor, I don't know about that out loud. That's a little undignified. Yeah, just wait a few weeks. so Let it get worse. David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Seal all that a minute, brother. When things are moving from bad to worse, you need to, worse, you need to realize if you'll just cry out to God, he'll hear you in the middle of all that. Man, I did a little study. Did you know Moses cried unto the Lord? In behalf of the, of, of, even Pharaoh, when the plague of frogs came upon the land, I mean, frogs everywhere, frog this, frog that, you open up your drawer to pull out your drawers, you open your drawer to pull out your drawer, ribbit, frogs everywhere, frog! Pharaoh said, do something, and he cried unto the Lord with his voice. The children of Israel, they did this quite often. They would cry to the Lord with their voice, and he would hear them, and he delivered them from Egyptian bondage. Samuel cried unto the Lord for the state of Israel, and God heard him. I love Elijah. He cried unto the Lord in behalf of a little widow's dead boy, and God heard him and raised that boy from the dead. Elijah cried unto the Lord and God moved the clock back 10 degrees. Throughout history, men and women of God have cried unto the Lord. Judah cried unto the Lord in battle and God brought about a great victory. The Levites cried out to the Lord with a voice of repentance for the state of Israel and God forgave. And I love this one. Jonah, how many of you know Jonah's life, he moved from. I mean, he just thought it was bad when they threw him overboard. Or when the storms came, that was bad. Then all the people said, It's your fault. You brought judgment on us. And they said, We love you, Jonah. See you later. And threw him overboard. And because Jonah had disobeyed God and he was running from God. And, and it was Jonah's fault. And they threw him overboard. That was getting worse. But then the fish came and swallowed him up. Can you imagine? And let me just tell you, that's not a fairy tale. Did you know that really happened? Look at, look at two people say, Jonah really was swallowed by fish. Tell somebody, he really was swallowed by fish. And in the middle, in the belly of the fish, oh, God can't hear him down there. The Bible says in Jonah, he, 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 finally, he, he finally decided, I better do something about this. And he cried unto the Lord with his voice. And the Lord heard him all the way from the deep and from the belly of the fish and the, caused the fish to swim up to the shore. And oh, uh, can you imagine? Whew. Thank you, God. Psalm 45, verse 18 and 19 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. He will hear their cry and save them. Let me read it again. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. He will hear their cry and save them. See, when things are moving from bad to worse, you and I have got to lift up our shield and embrace the protective hedge of God in our life. We've got to lift up our heads and just begin to see life through the lens of God's purpose and plan and know that our redemption draweth nigh. We've got to lift up our voice and know that when we cry unto the Lord, with our voice he will hear us and he will come and he will save us and all of those are linked up with number four that we see in david here in psalms three when things were moving from bad to worse we got to learn like david did we've got to lift up our faith let me read the last couple of verses here again really verse five look at what he says now things are moving from bad to worse but David lifted up his uh, shield, he lifted up his head, he lifted up his voice. And then what's the fourth thing he did? He said, I lay me down and I slept. I took a nap. When's the last time in the middle of your, the trauma of your life, when things were moving from bad to worse, you had enough peace in your heart to get some sleep, for goodness sake? David, when things are going bad and they were going south in a hurry, he said, I lay me down and I slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. What was he doing? He was walking in the faith of God over his life. He was not concerned about the circumstance. He had the peace of God in his life. Because he trusted and believed God. How could he do it? How can he say, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves around against me round about? Let me give you a little faith principle here today. Faith. It's found, of course, the Bible says that uh, you hear the word and it builds faith in your life. But let, here it is. It's found in who you know and what you know about who you know. Let me give you a natural illustration. My wife knows me. Now, she knows my faults, and she knows some things where she wouldn't maybe trust me in that. You know, carry out the trash. Okay, got you. But she also knows she can trust me when it comes to, you know, paying the bills and taking care of her. She, she knows me. And she knows that, that, that I'm going to do my best to take care of her and take care of us. My children know me. My grandchildren know me. They trust me. Their faith in me is based because they know me. And that's the way. And then they know not only me and they know it's a, this little principle of faith is found in who you know and what you know about who you know. And that's the way David was with God. He knew some things about God. He knew God and he knew some things about God. And the more you get to know him and know about him, the more you can be able, when things are moving from bad to worse, be able to just take a nap and say, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna fear 10,000 of people who set themselves against me round about. This ain't nothing to God, for goodness sake. You remember Psalm 23? He said, The Lord is my shepherd. That's what he knew. He knew God and he knew he was a shepherd. He tended to me. He took. He takes care of me. He's going to watch over me. And if anything, a wolf comes in to try to, try to scatter the flock or he's going to take his rod and he's going to, he's going to put the whoopus, uh, the wapetus on whatever demon devil in hell that comes my way because the Lord is my shepherd. He lifted up his faith. Because he knew that the Lord was his shepherd. He also knew that the Lord, his shepherd, was his sustainer. Verse 5, look what he said. He said, I lay me down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. You ever feel like giving up? You ever feel like you couldn't go another mile? You ever feel like you couldn't go another minute? That's when the Holy Ghost shows up. That's when your sustainer comes in. When I was a kid growing up, I was not very fast, not very speedy, had bowed legs. Bowed legs, evidently, it does not uh, cause you to run very fast. But in the off-season of football, you had to run track, and I ran track because I had to, and we'd run cross-country. They they would make us run cross-country. I thought that sounded kind of cool because you could run all over town. But, but I, then I realized you had to run all over town. And our, 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 our track coach would say this, it's okay, don't worry about it. You, when you think it's about done, you'll hit your second wind. There'll be a second wind that'll come along if you just keep it up and, and, and just, your second wind, it'll just lift you and you'll be able to keep on keeping on. And, and so that made me feel better. But I never did find that second wind. I got to the Dairy Queen and it helped out a lot. I never found my second win. But I can tell you this about my running my race in life. That when I'm about ready to give up, and when I'm about ready to throw in the towel, when I'm about ready to chuck it all, my sustainer shows up. And he breathes fresh life. Some of you may be right there right now. You may be ready to give up. You may be ready to throw it in the towel. It's just gotten so bad. I'm just going to give up. The spirit of Tom Dooley comes all over you. Listen, he's our sustainer. David knew the Lord was his shepherd. He knew the Lord was his sustainer. And he also knew, listen carefully, that the Lord was his Savior. Look what he says in verse 7 and 8. He says salvation belongs to the Lord. He said, the Lord will, oh, let me, gosh, I got to back up. I missed verse seven. He said, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies. There's that faith. He didn't say, Lord, would you please strike all my enemies on the cheekbone? He just spoke it out and declared it. Lord, you have already smitten all my enemies on the cheekbone. How many of you know Jesus has already won the victory for you on Calvary's cross? He has saved you if you've given your life to him. He is a savior. And so he knew that the Lord was his shepherd. He knew the Lord was his sustainer. He knew the Lord was his savior. And he also knew the Lord was his supplier. Look what he says the last verse. Your blessing is upon your people. He didn't ask for the blessing of God. He knew as a child of God that, the, that God was his supplier and the blessing was upon him. He knew God was his shepherd. He knew the Lord was his sustainer. He knew the Lord was his savior. He knew the Lord was his supplier. So he was able to say with great confidence, there are many that rise up against me. But I want to tell you, I'm not going to be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves around me all about for you will arise and save me you've already struck all my enemies on the cheekbone you're a savior you're a supplier you're a sustainer you're a shepherd david taught us how to respond to the circumstances of life when things move from bad to worse and you know over you today i pray nothing gets worse in your life If we lived in a perfect world, everybody would just be blessed, blessed, blessed. But I've learned something. That in the middle of struggles, God blesses us because He's our our supplier. In the middle of our struggles, He saves us. In the middle of our struggles, He sustains us. In the middle of our struggle, He leads us as a shepherd. Isn't that good news today? Let's stand today. Please nobody leave. I want to pray with you. Because this is a beginning of something great in some people's lives today. I see Jonathan and Brandy back here. Jonathan's been struggling with some physical issues and trying to figure it all out. That's bad. We're praying it doesn't get worse. But in the middle of their struggle, they also found out that Brandy's going to have a baby. Everybody go, aw. God blesses us in the middle of things. Are you with me Say amen. Now today, if you're here, and this was your message, in fact, you're going, we've been talking to him about me. If you feel like this was your message today and this was God, as it were, God speaking through an earthen vessel, I want to pray with you today. We want to agree together that you'll be able to lift up your voice, lift up your head, lift up your faith, and be able to trust God and see Him go to work in your midst. Let's bow before the Lord. If you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor. This was my day. There's things in my life that are bad and it seems like they're getting worse. Would you stand with me in prayer? We certainly will. If that's you today, wherever you are, just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I see hands going up different places all around. Keep them up. Others need to if something's in you saying, Go ahead and lift your hand. You sense the Holy Spirit saying, I don't want to, but I need to lift my hand. Go ahead and lift it. If you lifted your hand, I want you to come to this altar quickly. Come on. Come on, we're going to pray together. Come on. Everybody that lifted their hands. And for you that, come on right up right up front here. For you that understand what we're talking about today, I want you to come and stand. Some of the people of faith. Stand behind them, lay your hands on their shoulder, and let's just agree together with them today. Father, today we thank you that you are our Savior, you're our Shepherd, you're our Sustainer, and you're our Supplier. That's who you are, and we know who you are, and we know about who you are. So Lord, today for these that are here this morning, as we come to the close of this service, may we stand we stand with them, we pray for strength to stand in their life, that they would be able to lift up their shield and lift up their voice and lift up their heads in the middle of these circumstances and lift up their faith and begin to see you do great things in their midst today. We declare it, Lord, and we know that though things are moving from bad to worse, Lord, in the end, Lord, everything gets better when you come to get us, Lord, but you said in this world we 'll have Tribulation, but be of good cheer. You have overcome the world. And one day, Lord God, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And and Lord, we know in eternity there will be no weeping or sorrow or sadness or tears for the former things are passed away. So Lord, we look into eternity, Lord, today. We don't look at a limited time span, but we look down the long tunnel of time and we know that in the end You will be glorified through it all. And we thank You for strength to stand. We thank You, Lord, for strength to stand. Come on, everybody, lift your hands towards these and just pray a prayer of faith over them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for it, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amanda, I just hear the Lord say, I'm taking the limitations off. You've you, you you've, you've been put in a box by some people and circumstances, and God's saying today, I'm taking the limitations off, and I want you to see a bigger picture, a better picture, a more glorious picture of your future and destiny and your family. In Jesus' name, we pray and we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Let's clap our hands and shout unto God today. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And everybody said, Amen.